Remember a student and a substitute teacher ran the class for a day? How did you treat the substitute? Were you the helpful student, or did you make that day a living hell for the educational instructor? What happens when the students have all the control and begin creating chaos within a school? Well, the local politicians pass a BR Act, Battle Royale Act, a piece of legislation designed to give the adults back the control they rightly deserve. A random selected class of ninth graders or mischievous misfits are sent to an island to battle to the death until only one student remains. This is It Records. Good evening all you creatures of the night and welcome to the It Records podcast here on the internet highway once again. I am one of your three hosts of the It Records podcast, Matt Johnson. It'd be really funny if you said like an extra one, like four, and we will be like, <gasps> there's another. <laughs> yeah. We have a guest, a guest host. The director of the film is here today. <laughs> well, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. He died like right after this movie. Yeah. Little, yeah. Trivia going... Oh, for the viewers, we watched Battle, the 2000 film Battle Royale, Japanese film, directed by Kinji Fuku, Fukusawa. Yeah. I, you pronounce that right? I, I don't know. Right, I okay. know I, I cannot pronounce his name in that he's just... He was a very experienced director. He had a lot, yeah. of, he had a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of series. Like, there was, like, a movie that had, like... A series that had, like, ten movies in it. It was about, like... Mm-hmm. The Japanese, like, underworld or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he was fairly popular, not only in Japanese cinema, but I think on the world stage, people knew of his directorial skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely an influence on a lot of, like, American directors. Mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of his films are, as well, for people who don't watch Japanese cinema very much, relatable to American cinema, or at least this film. Particularly, oh, it's very, it's very quick. Yeah. Where I feel like, um, especially for him, because like he's such a, like an older director that you feel like he wouldn't be so fast paced, but he is, and there's this a style, and influenced mm-hmm. uh, the French Connection a lot. Yeah. And this film, uh, Battle Royale, is. It takes place in the future. The Japanese government captures a class of ninth grade students and forces them to kill one another under the Revolutionary Battle Royale Act. So if you've heard of the term Battle Royale or seen any type of movie that has that type of scenario, this film also kind of lent itself to inspiring other films down the road, I think. Yeah, it inspired the the graphic, like there's a graphic novel now about it, and it kind of like, there's like a, a genre of it within like manga now because of this. Yeah, I read that. Mm-hmm. And it's also based off a book. Yes. Prior to this, the movie having the success it has, it was a very popular book in Japan at the time. And the movie, as well as the book, had a rough time being released in Japan due to the nature of the film. Yeah, it was pretty it's... controversial. It was banned in a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. Which only really drove up the popularity of people wanting to see right, it. Right, the forbidden the... fruit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it like was isn't like the R fifteen rating in Japan like used very um, 
rarely, but I think this movie is uh, in the R15 category. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, it, it barely, barely passed the ratings, I guess. <laughs> you want to know why I picked this movie as a little info? Let's hear it. Well, besides, just besides me, like, having on my watch list for so long, uh, not too long ago, before me picking this, uh, Nerdwriter, which is a YouTube channel that I like a lot, he, he had a video about Battle Royale Bowl being the best teen movie, and he proposes it as, like, it's just as influential and, like, kind of goes with the category of, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and all those teen movies of the 80s he kind of proposes that it's like that but just like so escalated that mm-hmm. I don't know he, he proposed something that was pretty interesting and it caught my eye and I was like you know what I want to watch it <laughs> that's interesting I would never have compared this movie to Ferris Bueller's Day Off ever but I can see yeah. maybe a little bit of uh, that connection slightly just it's like, just like, yeah, there's slight connections there between like the relationships you could see between the friends. Like that's there, like how there is in other teen movies. It's just that all those other teen movies don't have the violence that this one has. They're usually <laughs> a lot lighter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I ran into a few articles like that talking about it being one of the best teen movies and it kind of follows those same ideas of the 80s teen movies when I think of like Ferris Bueller is it does focus on the teens it's about their relationships and there's always like that challenge of authority or like Ferris doesn't want to go to school or you don't want to listen to your parents sort of a thing which is taken to an extreme here with the Battle Royale Act and the way they rebel against the students and then they have to fight each other to the death but like that same overarching idea is there so I guess I could see the the argument for it. I'm yeah. You. It's a really good video that the writer put out, and I suggest you watch it. Hmm. The The movie was directed by Kinji Fukusawa. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. And his son was one of the co-writers with him for the screenplay. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And jumping forward just for a second into the Battle Royale 2 sequel... The son wrote and directed the second one. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. didn't the director um, pass away pretty early on in the production of the, the sequel? He filmed one scene for the okay. second movie, and then he passed away. Yeah. And Battle Royale 2 would have been its own entity. There was no Battle, Battle Royale 2 book. There's been, uh, you know, as, as Pete mentioned, the manga um, that's been created based on it, but... The movie would have been a whole new iteration. I wonder what he would... i never seen the second one, but I wonder what he would have done differently. Just to... Like, how he would continue the story. Because, like... I know that's jumping the gun a little bit here. But, like, it it almost seems like there's no room for a sequel, I guess. Like, I don't know. There's, like, not a whole lot left in the air. Like, it's kind of tightly wrapped at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and it it did not do as well as the first one. Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably for similar reasons. It's 
it's hard to go somewhere else after this, except doing the exact same thing, only bloodier. I mean, I'm, I'll just, like, kind of spoil how I feel about it right here. Like, I was, like, really impressed with how this movie went. Like, I like the structure of it a lot. And, like, just to how they're... Even though you have so many characters, you do care about some of their, like, relationships. Like, because, like, they, you kind of, like, see that they care for their friends. And then, like, to see uh, people eventually betray each other is just kind of, like... I know, it's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think why I enjoy it is there are so many characters, as you said, but we, we, we do have a protagonist, and I believe his name is, is Shuye, or he's one of the students, and we follow him, and his struggle is really like what drives the plot, but you do get these little episodic narratives of other characters and you get a lot you get backstory with them and i enjoyed that because it felt like i get i got a whole atmosphere of the island of all the students it wasn't just focused on you know what is our main character going to do but i did care about those little mini episodes yeah within the story and those reminded me a lot of tarantino films which he has said this is one of his favorite films that he draws influence from oh yeah you could definitely see that just is inspired from this director for sure because like of the Tarantino's like fast cut style is very like this guy Mm -hmm. and even those like Tarantino scenes that are an 8 minute to 10 minute scene of just one on one dialogue with two characters that are a subplot or a B plot grip me just as much as you know following the actual storyline just reminded me a lot of you know I wish I could remember the names, but the one student who was like, she must have been like the popular girl people didn't like, and she was like really interested in killing everybody. Oh, no yeah. I thought she was really interesting. Yeah, I was really yeah mesmerized by her story, but, you know, she's not our protagonist. She's off to the side. So I got that she was popular, but everyone hated her. Like, I was just really confused by that. So she's I was like, like well, one her... of the feared popular. Maybe girls, that's that what right? it is. Yeah, maybe that's what it is, because I, I was just like, well, you're popular, so, like, why does everyone hate you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I guess, like, they call her, like, a slut, so, like, I guess she gets kind of, like, slut-shamed. Because, like, she says that she, her fr- I guess her friends, quote-unquote, say that she slept with, like, older men, and I was like, oh, shit, did she sleep with the main guy's dad, and that's why he killed himself? Like, spoiler, that's the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, they had that little tidbit, and I thought that was, like, going to come back. And then it just never did. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that is... Because, like, you don't know why he the dad killed himself. No, and they I never guess, go into that. Yeah. Which is probably good, but I, I wonder yeah. if, like... I'm sure that's in there for us to make that uh, inference or whatever. The dad was not nice. Like, just saying. The main character's mm-hmm. dead. I don't remember him being mean. I, I feel like he was barely even in it, but, like, what what did he do that was mean? I don't remember. There was just one flashback uh, scene that I remember um, where him and the son are at a restaurant, and he's, you know, just being very oh, rude Oh, I do staff. remember that. So I, I saw... think that one scene sheds a lot of light onto who that character was. I saw it very differently. Like, I saw, like, a man who was just broken because, like, 
he was like waiting for like a job interview like i think he was just kind of like just kind of like a bum and he's just like trying to like survive and like provide for his kid and he's like just not getting any luck did they say what happened to the mom was she i think it's just implied that she died okay that's what i thought yeah i think they're kind of like subtly implied that so that's what i got from that's a good point I just saw that, like, a broken He's man stressed. who just, like, yeah, just wanted to, like, go out to dinner with his son, and then he just, like, wouldn't be able, he, like, couldn't actually even do that because he's just so broken, doesn't have a job kind of thing. And if I may add on to that, one of, the, like, I think the overarching themes, as you can see, is, you know, the the generational gap, you know, the adults versus the young and kind of coming to terms with that in a drastic sense, but... Looking into it, I think it was also meant to look at how the the Japanese system of education is very competitive, as I was I was reading. And it's like, you need to pass these exams, you want to be number one, which Battle Royale can be a metaphor for. But also, I think it was meant to show the adults, like uh, their teacher seems very depressed, even though he's running this Battle Royale, and our main protagonist dad seems very dejected, is to show how competitive the schooling system is and these kids are supposed to compete against each other and be prepared for a skilled workforce, but the Japanese economy wasn't providing for it. So they were just felt lost um, after they had gone through all this education um, or metaphorically they'd be, they were dead in a sense because they had nothing to go to after schooling. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Another, th- another thing I saw is that um, I was watching like a bunch of interviews about because I was, I was really interested in the director when I watched this because I never watched any of his movies before and I was like oh shit like what else did he do and like this is often regarded as his like his best movie which is like kind of cool and kind of sad at the same time because I was like oh we watched the best one but then like everything we else watch from him from now on is not gonna compare which was kind of a downer but like i was i'm interested to see his other series and like how he was like in the past but like like william franken is really inspired from like that's why i said the french connection like took inspiration a lot we said tarantino took a lot of inspiration from him and in like his interview was talking about like this movie it was like kind of like the generation gap like you said like he he experienced like world war ii and like how like he saw his friends, like, being shot by, like, American soldiers, like, like, he's like, he's like, the American soldiers told us to pick up dead bodies, and then they just started shooting at us, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, it was just, like, all these horror stories of this, like, all this shit they had to deal with, with, like, post, like, fallout of World War Two and whatever, and, like, mm-hmm. the next generation after him, like, obviously didn't experience any of that, like, didn't, like, really experience, like, all the Yakuza or all that shit. Like, like, cause like Japan started cleaning itself up. Like, I guess, I don't know. I I guess they picked themselves up pretty quickly, but there was still like a lot of like crime and violence, like right after World War Two, And then like once the new generation came along and kind of like Japan was like this whole new, like mega city, like almost like all over. And like, there was just like such big, like gaps of like what these two generations experienced. And like, that's why he made this movie. Yeah, and, and, and to even add on to that, historically, like, the 90s was, like, a notoriously terrible economic time for Japan. Um, right at the 
the precipice of those generational gaps. The economy's not going well. People are going to get more agitated. I feel like. Um, yeah, but that's an interesting story. That's about Fukusawa, right? Yeah. The, with the, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, shocked. Because you don't hear that kind of stuff. Like, I guess, like, it makes sense why they didn't teach us that. Because it makes us look bad, but it's still pretty fucked up that they try and hide that shit. So seeing this as a horror podcast, I thought we could uh, pick out a few elements of, you know, what what makes Battle Royale cross that thriller thriller line into, you know, a horror type film. Well, I'm getting more of a thriller mm-hmm. vibe from it, but as far as, like, fulfilling some sort of horror element, like, there's tons of gore and, mm-hmm. you know, for, for anybody's standards, so that probably helps. For a body count of 48, in case anybody <laughs> 40, yeah. All right. 48 body count in this film. There's a decent amount of off-screen deaths, so it doesn't show all of them, but they're still, they're still very brutal, like... Just from, like, the first death alone, like, between, like, the main character and his, like, friend that he, like, mm-hmm. saw in the orphanage, or I think, where he met him at. And then, like, they all had bombs on their, like, necks, like, attached to them by the, yeah. by the military or police force, whatever they are, on this yeah. island. And they're like, okay, they watched this, like, really crazy video explaining it, and it was like very Japanese TV where, like, it was just, like, very giggly. And then, like, it was, like, very serious at the same time because it's like, you must kill your friends with any weapon possible. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, that was and then, wild. Like, he, like, disobeyed. So, like, he was, like, made an example of They're like, okay, we're sending off your thing. And then, like, everyone's, like, pushing him away. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. And then his, like, head explodes. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, it just starts mm-hmm. off, like, bam! And then it just, like, fucking keeps going. Yeah. Full throttle. It goes the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah, and I think it really helps the film, is what you talked about. It gets serious, and then, you know, had the person describing the rules of the Battle Royale, which was, she was, like, really bubbly and happy, and it was kind of, like, off-putting, and... I think the film was kind of going for that exaggerated element, like especially with the deaths, that it, it was supposed to be kind of satirical or comic, not comical, but cartoonish in a sense. Yeah. Even with the um, the classical music, that was that was kind of the score of this film was classical pieces of like symphony symphonies and things like that that kind of gave it this operatic feel that it was larger than life. Yeah. And it 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 wasn't meant to be taken too seriously. It was really good at cultivating its own world. Like, it made me, like, really interested in, like, like in watching a... Like, I was looking forward to watching a sequel at some point. Because I, I was, like... Even though it was, like, left off, like I said earlier, like, how it ends, and we'll get into it later, how, like, it kind of, like, covered everything pretty nicely. But, like, it created this world that, like, could be explored very well, like, depending on what... The, the next director did with it yeah his son the next yeah his, I, I didn't know I didn't, <laughs> didn't know at the time yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think if we 
you were talking about the ending and horror elements of the film I think you know the gore is one the secluded space of the island yeah. is always kind of a horror element of being in a confined space but also I would say the final girl slash the monster where this film has that but it's also subverted um, it kind of um, subverts the genre a bit where the monster is seen as their their teacher who's running the battle royale yeah and who had a really weird relationship yes. with one of the girls yeah, well, that... oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that girl was like supposed to be some sort of daughter figure to him, right? Because he didn't get along with his own daughter. That's what I took from it, too. Okay. Because yeah. there's phone conversations with him and his daughter during the Battle Royale that seems like she hates him, doesn't want him to come back. Oh, yeah. So, it, so I think she sees this young girl, Nikoi, I think, or Nikoa was her name, and sees her as a daughter figure, so he kind of wanted her to survive. Right, because she's like the only one that didn't rebel, and then mm-hmm. like all the other classmates did, right? Yeah, everyone else mm-hmm. like kind of folded so that's why. and like resorted to killing where she was like, I guess seen as like a pure one in his eyes because like the way he like framed her in his mind mm-hmm. and drew the picture of her like being like above everyone else, uh, scattered yeah. through like very poor drawing of like all these dead bodies of kids, and I was like, this is like. Really fucked up. Fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... What is that actor's name? He's a very famous Japanese actor, Yeah, too. he he looked so familiar to Takeshi me. Takeshi Kitano? I wonder if I've seen... I, I feel like I've seen him in other stuff. I mean, I mm-hmm. had to. Mm-hmm. Very famous Japanese director, and he's been in some American films as well. Do you have it offhand? I'm curious. Oh, one American film that it, it that it he's in Johnny Mnemonic. That one popped out to me. No G- way. Keanu Reeves. Ah, oh, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in that one for sure. Have not seen that. <laughs> oh, you need to see Johnny Mnemonic. And everybody listening, go check out Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's. He's a very good actor, and he seems very dejected and sad throughout this whole Battle Royale scenario, even though it kind of seems like he wanted it to happen. Yeah. I think at the end, he... It was very strange. And I think that kind of adds to the that theme I thought about, you know, Japanese education kind of tells these students to be competitive and be number one, all these examinations, you know, have this great life and this job you want, and then these adults realize once they get out that there's no real competition out there. Especially at the time when this movie came out during Japan's economy. It was, like, really stagnant. But, yeah. I, like, forgot that, like, Japan had, like, a bad, like, era of uh, their <clears throat> economy in the 90s. Because, obviously, I was, like, I was, like, a child. Lost decade. Alive. I was, like, a child. Yeah, I was, like, barely alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, same. I think they I think it's called secular stagnation. Is what happened with the economy? <laughs> That's for my other podcast. Sure. Talking economics. <laughs> Get back with Whatever that. you say, man, like I believe you. <laughs> you could literally say anything and I wouldn't know. Like <laughs> if you were lying or not. So uh-huh, sure, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> you're the you're the expert. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I think it's that time of the podcast where we get into... We talked about sequels, but budget and box office, things of that nature. This movie did very well, critically and with audiences. Like, I think it was one of Japan's, like, in the top ten. I think I read that. Like, yeah, I read the scene. Or something. Mm-hmm. It made one billion zenny. <laughs> zenny? That's not a real currency. Is that right? That's not a real currency. I think <laughs> I think it's the yen. The yenies. We want. Yep. Uh, Zenny is definitely the currency from Dragon Ball Z, so that's not, <laughs> that's not real. <laughs> oh, that's great. Which is a Japanese show, so I was close. <laughs> so, like, close enough. Yeah, ooh. I thought... We've talked about a lot of the trivia of the film and the and the body count, but... I thought I would list off for the viewers. Um, the rules were there were 42 students in this ninth grade class that had to compete until there was one left. Um, spoiler alert, there were three left. They beat the system, our main character. But they were all given random weapons. And some were more dangerous than others. They ranged from an Uzi submachine gun, handguns, shotguns, taser, knife, all the way down to binoculars and a saucepan lid and a paper fan, which I thought was a very interesting element to this film where not everybody was given some actual weapon of of death but somebody got a paper fan and a saucepan lid to defend themselves did you like how one of the nerdier guys like caved right away with the bow and arrow like as soon as the main guy gets out like he's just like like shooting people he he lost his mind (laughs) fucking lost it right away yeah I like the scene like before we wrap it up, like I like the scene where our main character is like injured and he's saved by one of the guys, um, but the, he's dropped off at this like camp White House where it's just all girls and he's nowhere to mm. be found, which I found confusing. And then like all and then like one of these girls saw him like accidentally kill someone and so she, she's trying to poison him, and she ends up poisoning one of the girls. They all turn on each other. They all start fighting, like, super quick. And I thought this, that whole sequence alone is, like, fucking amazing. It's, like, really good. <laughs> yeah, a lot I of agree. shit went wrong fast. Sorry, Matt. Go on. No, I was just going to echo what you said. I mean, it that scene, like, really froze me. Like, how, I thought it was executed really well. And things just escalated so quickly. And everybody was dead. And the guy's, like, banging on the door up in the room, like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> And she's like, I'm sorry. And she, like, kills herself. And I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sequence oh. is probably my favorite in the movie. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. So I think that can take us to Defend or Destroy of Battle Royale. You want me to take it? If you if you're yeah. so inclined, you can. Is that what you said? I I actually didn't hear you. Oh, I just said it's time for defend oh, and destroy. I thought you were just like you <laughs> air horn into the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like really obnoxious, like sports center like thing. Mm-hmm. That's, just, yeah. that's what I that's what I imagine. That's what I, I imagine even, too. I don't even know if that's what they do because I never watch it. <laughs> Top ten celebrity reactions to these slam dunks. <laughs> Because okay, 
that's definitely a weird thing. <laughs> um, I defend this movie. I picked it, so I defend it. No, that's not an automatic defend for me. Most likely, it is. <laughs> there's a few. Um, but yeah, this movie has got the action. It's got the story. It's got the character. It's got everything you want. It's not that long. It's maybe two hours. That's not that long for a movie. <laughs> it's average. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to read that much if you don't like reading, you know. It's in Japanese, but, like, I know people don't like to read or whatever when they're watching a movie because they're lazy. Mm-hmm. It's worth the read. <laughs> yeah. That's what I got. <laughs> I just like this movie a lot. It's really entertaining. So you've seen it before? It's my first time watching it. Okay. It was my first time watching it, too. Well, it it took forever to even get it on. I think 2011, I want to say, is when Netflix got it. But, like, it took a decade, I think, to even get it playing places here in the United States. Mm. Well, 2011 is almost 10 years after the film. So. Yeah, it came out in 2000, 2000, I believe, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. That's so, a long, I remember when it came out to Netflix, and that's, like, made me think of it. But I remember it's no longer on Netflix, because I watched it. Or is it, actually, I don't oh, even know. It is, is it I watched Netflix? the director's okay. cuts on Netflix. I watched, I don't even know if I watched it. I forgot it was on Netflix, so I watched it on Shutter because I saw it on there. Yeah. I would imagine they would have the director's cut because their whole bread and butter is having horror movies. Yeah. Well, did you see the the flashback to the one girl whose mother was drunk and the guy was paid money, which is a little girl, went upstairs. Basketball flashbacks? I don't remember that at all. Mm. Oh, I don't even want to watch the director's cut. Okay. <laughs> it's only like 10 minutes longer, I think. And it's just like flashbacks. Huh. They just cut flashbacks out. Pretty much. That, yeah. ma- that makes sense. They mm-hmm. probably it's... cut out some of the lesser known characters as like backstories. Yeah, it was their one of their flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much to remember. I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. I I just remembered something else I liked about this. I hope that's okay. <laughs> um, I think that's all right. The character. <laughs> The character that's helping the duo, like the love, the love Kawada. people, yeah, you know, the, you know, the little love nesters. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just like helping him out because he's like, oh, I had a girlfriend, like I've been in this before, and I lost her. And then like, and then later on, he's like, I've been fooling you the whole fucking time, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then it ended up that was just a ploy in the end to trick the coach. I just like. I don't know, I like that. And then I was, like, sad when he died on the boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. That was, was a just... bummer. But he did yeah. that. He's just like, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I made it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, like, kind of, like... It was a bittersweet moment. Yeah. That's it. I'm done now. <laughs> well, I even felt a little bit when the, the teacher died, even though he was, like, the villain. Like, I feel like as the story went on, he realized, like... He's not doing too well. Like, he's pretty sad himself. And he, like, doesn't even really resist his death. He kind of just yeah. takes it and, like, slowly calls his daughter, I think. This is one of the last things he does. And yeah, he, like, popped up and, like, answered that phone. And you're like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I also will defend if that's not obvious for many of the same reasons Peter said. I think it's for people who don't know Japanese cinema very much or don't, haven't watched Japanese cinema. I think this is a very easy film to kind of transition to watching Japanese cinema. It has a very it's not like the Hunger Games, but I mean it's like a similar premise. Um, so it has that same sort of action feel, but it, it's not blockbustery. I would say it's not like action-packed blockbuster, but things are going on constantly. Mm. So I would defend it. Definitely recommend it. Right now, I know it's on Netflix for sure. Um, yeah, that's it for me. I like the all-around and everything about Battle Royale. All right. Well, rounding it out, um, I liked it. It's not really a movie that I would have sought out for myself because um, you know like such high action I just it's not usually my style but uh, with <laughs> this you know I really I enjoyed the storyline it was you know really dramatic and not quite like other you know action movies that I've seen um, and it's easy enough to follow along despite all of these like different characters names that I found really confusing and um, all that but um they kept it fast-paced, interesting, so it's going to be a different for me as well. Hmm. That's all I have to say. I thought you were going to destroy hmm. it for a second. <laughs> you thought? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, then, that wraps up this week's episode of the It Records podcast. Um, talking Battle Royale. So, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back over the airwaves next week as well as we always do and, but let us know what you're thinking we're on Facebook Twitter we have our own website you can communicate with us it's pretty crazy we are reachable so you know just let us know but until next time I'm Matt Johnson and I remain in the shadows and I am Peter Hansen and I won't beg for you to reach out to us because I have more dignity than you <laughs> Um, I'm Leslie Clark. Bye.